Hey everybody, what's going on? New setup, who dis, right? Finally got off my behind and I started to set things up downstairs in the basement for an actual uh, honest to God professional studio because what else are we gonna do during the corona and all the terrible, horrible sadness that is happening in the world right now? And you think that something like, I don't know, reading a book, Watching a movie, watching your favorite sport, professional wrestling would be a cure to some of this. But unfortunately, it is not. And today is not going to be a fun show. Starting off with a little bit of levity in the beginning, and then it's going to kind of deteriorate. But deteriorate, I think, is a negative term for it. I don't I think this is more educational and it's also important to talk about the issues that obviously are plaguing the world of independent pro wrestling today. So anyway, the big welcome. How you doing, everybody? It's me. It's me. It's the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo here on the ones and twos, still trying to figure everything out. New equipment, as you can see, I got a new camera. I'm still trying to work out the kinks of that. But I did want to flex something. By the way, happy Father's Day, everybody, to everybody out there, to every dad who loved pro wrestling and took their kids to see it every time, even though they weren't into it or all they wanted was the cotton candy and the merch. Or every dad out there who dragged their kid to see that silly John Cena wrestle and, you know, it's all fake, right? And in every dad in between, even dads who aren't listening, dads who aren't watching, Whatever you're doing, I hope you're having a good time with your dad. My son currently right now is outside playing. So but that's all right. He made me a pretty dope breakfast this morning, so I can't complain about that. Plus, he said we, we should go around and uh, throw the football a little bit. So I think we're going to go outside. After I do the podcast, obviously, we're going to go outside, play a little ball, play a little football. And then um, I'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon watching the Justice League. So, so I'm going to definitely be talking about all this crap that's going on in the world of professional wrestling today, uh, especially in the indie scene. And it's made its way up to WWE, but I'm going to hold off on the comments until the end of the program. So just bear with me on that because there's way too much to uncover anyway. And if you do, by the way, want to join us, Join in on the convo, especially at the end. You can always like, share, subscribe, and comment, and heal and face podcast. If you don't have time uh, to do that today, you can definitely do it later on through the week. I'll try to check back in. And also you can catch, you're going to be able hopefully to catch the audio on podcast streaming platforms. So that's something, that's a thing. So I'm just going to get right to the sadness. So the speak out movement. Speaking out movement has beleaguered and plagued the world of professional wrestling. And unfortunately, many indie wrestlers have been named, have been outed, have been proved to have been sexually harassing, sexually assaulting female wrestlers who've been trainers, who've been training. Also, um, even male, some male wrestlers have uh, been uh, speaking out, saying that they've been abused by female wrestlers in locker rooms, too. Even fans have come out and said that they have been sexually assaulted by male and female wrestlers. And both male wrestlers have been assaulting male fans and male wrestlers and female fans have been assaulted by male and female wrestlers. And it's getting uh, 
to be a pretty ugly scene. This is all shaking out. Two of the most popular, or I wouldn't say popular, I guess, but lack of a better term, but for two of the biggest culprits right now uh, happen to be uh, David Starr and Joey Ryan. They have both been outed by uh, their accusers, and not only that, but have had multiple texts have been brought to light. This is, uh, these are the top two, and again, uh, just like I will point out about Jim Cornette, it's usually the ones who have the biggest, I don't know, what do you want to call it, like the biggest outrage or the biggest uh, the ones who are supposed to be the keepers of the kingdom, the ones that are supposed to be the ones that are supposed to help or the ones that are supposed to make the business better or, or the ones that, you know, are the, the biggest movers and the shakers in the business are the ones that are usually perpetrating these the most. And uh, especially uh, David Starr. So if you know too much about David Starr on the independent scene, and I know enough, I don't know a whole lot, but I know enough about him. And one of the things his gimmick has developed into being super woke. And that involves, you know, of course, being a part of different social movements going on in the world of professional wrestling, making sure that there's equality, making sure that people get treated fairly, et cetera, et cetera. And then he goes around and he gaslights his girlfriend, who was also training to be a professional wrestler for years. And she's kept all of his texts and screenshotted all of his texts and on all of the communications he tried to uh, say to her, basically, uh, he gray raped her. For those of you who don't know what the term gray rape is, it's kind of is what it is. It's like you're in a relationship. You're not in a relationship. Uh, you maybe you've been in a relationship previously, but you decided to become just friends or what have you. And you still continue a sexual relationship that doesn't necessarily continue to be consensual. There is a lot of guilt and a lot of pressure and a lot of psychological battery and damage that happens in uh, a gray rape, especially if uh, the person who is the predator, the person who's the uh, assailant is the one who is saying things like, I can't live without you. I'm going to kill myself. I don't know what I'm going to do without you. I'm going to quit the uh, working. I'm going to come to your house and stalk. You know, all the crazy things that you hear about uh, trying to put a guilt trip on someone else just to stay in a relationship with them. And that's basically what David Starr did. You can go and you can research all of the tweets and all of the screenshots and all the things that uh, his ex-girlfriend has posted on her Twitter page. Uh, She's, I don't want to say she's Agent Zero per se, but she's pretty much the person to come out with all this stuff uh, originally. So it's pretty upsetting. And then you go to a guy like Joey Ryan. So Joey Ryan, who... It's made his entire career of being a sleazebag. Like, ever since he dropped the pudgy guy who just wanted to be a pro wrestler in PWG gimmick about 20 years or so ago, you know, uh, the chickens are kind of coming home to roost. And I've been reading a lot of interesting comments about what people seem to think about Joey Ryan, especially his really half-hearted apology that just came out last week. So... I've heard everything from someone suggested that Joey Ryan's character is a sublimation. If you guys are familiar with Freud, I'm not a fan of Freud. I'm actually growing to be more of a fan of Carl Jung 
in my uh, readings of different uh, things that uh, Carl Jung had to say, more of a fan of Jung than of Freud, but Freud did suggest sublimation, which is basically your outside personality is a safe, edgy way to project your inner person out to the world. So uh, if Joey Ryan is a sleaze bag, then on the inside, then he's what he's doing is he's kind of psychologically telling the world that he's a sleaze bag without really telling a sleaze bag. So he's kind of that thin veneer, that thin line between your gimmick and your real personality, which is what most promoters want anyway, right? They, the McMahons talk about all the time living in the square, turning your personality up to 11. You know, the Miz is supposed to be Mike Mizanin, but at 11. And it's the same thing with most professional wrestlers that sometimes a part of their personality becomes their gimmick. And I know it's not a lot of wrestlers, not all wrestlers, you know, shout out again to my boy, Max, uh, Mad Max Morrison, you know, he kind of lives that way. So what you see in his gimmick is him, but there's other guys too, you know, who are very good. Ironically enough, the undertaker, as we've seen in the last 20, 30 years has been a very good at distancing himself Mark Calloway from The Undertaker. The Undertaker doesn't take out the garbage at home, but Mark Calloway does when he comes home from work. Some wrestlers have been able to do it. Some wrestlers are that person. And then there's that gray area in between where wrestlers like Joey Ryan reside. There have been multiple reports that Ryan sexually assaulted a young fan at a wrestling show at a merch table. And ironically enough, or maybe coincidentally, depending on your definition, uh, David Starr was sitting right next to Joey Ryan. And I don't want to tell this guy's story, but from what I read, Joey Ryan basically found out that this fan uh, was uh, questioning uh, his sexuality. And so he grabs the young fan's hand, puts it on his crotch, and basically tells him, you know you want to do this, right? And then he and David Starr have a big laugh about it. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious when you're sexually assaulting somebody, especially someone who's questioning their own sexuality. So that is great. That's a good move, buddy. So really, those two guys are the are at the forefront of this right now. And uh, they have both issued um, what they consider apologies or whatever. David Starr's Twitter feed has now been uh, shut down completely after basically giving a sorry, not sorry tweet and then uh, I don't know if Joey Ryan has shut his Twitter down or not, but his apology if you can uh, call it one, is right there. So so those are the big two names that have come out about this. And I'm not shocked that they aren't as sincere as people have thought it to be. You know, most predators aren't. Most predators aren't sincere. Most predators don't really even acknowledge that. It, and, and most predators, even if not all pred sexual predators, even suggest that it's not their fault, that it was the other person's fault, that the other person is to blame. That's where you get the idea of gaslighting from, you know, gaslighting. For those of you not familiar with the term gaslighting, it came from a play in the 1890s called The Gaslight, where a old, bitter man married a young woman and uh, she wasn't happy in the marriage and she didn't approve of being married to him. But in order to keep him around, keep her around, he decided that he would change something in the house every day and then confuse her to think that it was real or that it always was that way. So then she would believe that she was going crazy. And that's how he mentally manipulated her 
uh, in the play. And that's where we get the term gaslighting from, because there's a scene where every day he turns the gaslight out and she's walking upstairs and she remembers it being on. And no, he tries to convince her that the gaslight's out and it was out all day. And that's one of the psychological ways that man in this play manipulated his young wife to stay with him. Hence the title gaslight and the term gaslighting. So I'm going to go into uh, the next possible, uh, not possible, um, unfortunate, the next incident, uh, which is the big one. So let's get to it. Let's, let's get to it. And I don't have any problem going after this guy because, uh, you know, for somebody who's made his living running his mouth about people and what people do and how the wrestling business is screwed and all that, for him to have shut down completely and then be completely glib about it. Former Ohio Valley wrestling promoter, of course, promoter of Smoky Mountain and worked for WWE and Jim Cornette is being accused of delaying contracts and pushes an OEW unless they perform sex acts on his wife, Stacy. And I know you guys, again, now you can come for me, but I really don't care because... Honestly, what I told him on Twitter, and I'm not trying to hide or duck or trying to get some rub or some shine off of a pro wrestling promoter or whatever, uh, but this is not an isolated incident. This is not just some random dude who's coming in off this. This is pretty much well known around the Midwest. Cornette's response was very glib. And, and again, I wouldn't even have really gone in on Cornette had he not said this. And this is what put me over the top. Um, if I can find it. For those of you who are who have found my Twitter handle, you can go and you can find my tweet. But he, he had some tweet about, um, good morning, everyone. For those of you who are wondering, I'm downstairs in the pizza parlor run by pedophiles, blah, 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 blah. And I just tweeted him. I remember exactly what I tweeted him. I said, amazing. The man who revived his career criticizing Vince Russo and Kevin Dunn for being sexual deviants is in fact a sexual deviant. And I also said, and he's very glib about it too. I said he was glib about it. Um, just That's a very flippant comment for someone who's being accused of something very serious and sexual in nature. But then, of course, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm Jim Cornette. I can say whatever the hell I want to say or not because he's too cowardly to respond because he ended up blocking me. So, oh, well. Not the first time I've been blocked by a celebrity on Twitter, and it's probably not the last either. But again, if he would have said some comment about, hey, I just want to let you know that I have been named and implied in some things that I feel are not representative of me, and I've been told by my attorney not to comment further other than the fact that these are serious allegations and I'm afraid someone is taking charge of some old things that happened in the past to jump on board of a very serious movement involving wrestlers in the independent wrestling community. So if he would have said that, I would have been like, okay, cool. We'll wait till it's done. But no, 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 he didn't want to do that. He just wanted to say some smart ass comment. And then all of his Caldwell Cornet fans will go, oh, Jim will get him when he comes around to it. Now, you don't get a pass. See, you don't get to uh, call 
Vince Russo scumbag and make your entire career starting from all those kayfabe confidential videos that you did um, early or last decade and made money off of that. And then magically uh, figured out the, the formula that, hey, if I get my own podcast, if I sucker someone else to host my own podcast – and then I can get on and I can uh, rail about everybody's favorite wrestling villain, Vince Russo. I can make money off him. So then you go on and you have this beautiful career where you go from show to show, convention to convention. You get on, you get on podcasts that, that were at that time nascent, but were skyrocketing through the roof. You get on and you rail about how much you hate Vince Russo, how much you hate Kevin Dunn, how much of these guys are sexual perverts, how they talk about the white cotton panties and how they convinced Vince McMahon that the only thing is in wrestling is sex sells and blah, blah, blah. And you go on and on and on about that. You make a career, a third career, mind you, a retirement career out of criticizing people who over and hypersexualize the wrestling business. And then you've been offering your wife as favors for pushes. So basically you're saying that there's no way certain guys are going to go anywhere in the business if they don't have sex with your wife. Because your best friend, Kenny Bolin, and his son just came out and said the very same thing on their podcast. They basically accused you of forcing the big show to have sex with your wife. And Kenny Bolin walked in at OVW one day and saw... The big show lathered up with a towel. I'm not lathered in silk, lathered sweat, obviously, but smoking a cigarette and wondering what the hell just went on in the locker room. So, and I know whatever you and your best friend, Kenny Bowen, are beefing, you'll probably never speak to each other again. And you have your day in court or whatever. But again, I find it highly hypocritical and I find it highly unprofessional for you, Jim Cornette. To sit there and accuse people of being lascivious and ruining the business and the whole dark side of the wrestling. I wonder if they're going to do a dark side of the wrestling uh, episode on you, bud, because that will probably be a two or three hour one. That'll be a two parter. If you live in a glass house, don't throw a stone. And if you're going to sit here and say that modern wrestling is run by a bunch of perverts and then you yourself are going to be accused by multiple people. Multiple sources are coming out and saying this, that you offered your wife for sexual favors. And on top of that, on top of that, too, then when you briefly went back to WCW, you were obviously your wife was trying to hook up with Kevin Nash. And even though I'm trying to keep this PG as possible, she was offering sexual favors to Kevin Nash backstage. I don't know what to say. I mean, how how are you, other than your lawyer, going to respond to that? There are a couple of people who have lawyered up. So it seems like Matt Riddle, Eligero, and Jordan Devlin have consulted their lawyers, and they're claiming they're being unfairly accused. I'm okay with that because at the end, before I kind of open it up to discussion, um, I'm going to say something that's going to be a little heartfelt for myself, too. Matt Riddle has apparently at least two or three years' worth of texts that are harassing of nature from his accuser. He apparently has texts that state that he has multiple times told her to leave him alone. He has sworn that he has changed his phone number at least three times since meeting this woman. 
And this would kind of coincide with how long he's been in the WWE. He has proof that this woman has harassed his wife and she's had to change her number a time or two to get away from the harassment. So Matt Riddle claims that he has some proof that he is being unfairly prosecuted or persecuted for this speaking out movement. If he does, okay, we'll see. I hope so for his sake. I know his push has been delayed. And yes, even though he was on SmackDown and he did challenge AJ Styles, yes, he did. But of course, you know, that's pre-taped material and the WWE is not taking anything lightly. So Matt's been pulled off TV. Same thing with Velveteen Dream, somebody I forgot to mention. He's being accused of talking to underage boys. And this is something that came out even before the speaking out movement came out. But I think it re-intensified. And so you see the Dream was pulled off TV as well. He did have his promo with Samuel Shaw and the um, uh, the drawing of the two belts signify they might go after the tag belts, even though... Velveteen Dream has denied that, saying I'm not interested in the tag belts. Okay, so there's that. And then Jordan Devlin has been the loudest defender of himself in this regard. He has been reportedly saying over and over again that this woman that he got into a relationship with, he realized it was toxic and he wanted to get out of it and he didn't even really want to be, you know, I don't know if he necessarily said he was in a relationship relationship but um he has consulted his lawyer as well and he's handling the matter through them that's basically what what he said he wasn't very clear about the relationship he had with this uh with his accuser but uh he does say that he's letting the lawyers handle it so we'll see how the justice system kind of prevails for those guys and it is also getting very creepily eerily close to home with a lot of the talent that's coming out of Brit wrestling and a few promotions in particular. It seems like most of the names that are being named in this uh, have been a part of uh, ICW Rev Pro Progress. I know that the owner of Progress came out and tweeted and said uh, that uh, they no longer have a relationship with with Travis Banks, who was a, a, another person. In, and then I think from what I heard from uh, Billy Alexander is that uh, he ended up going ahead and resigning because of the pressure of trying to keep progress afloat. Plus, this whole movement coming out now is too much for him to bear. So you'll have to check with him later uh, as far as how the president of progress was handling this situation. Where is this continuing to go? It's going all over the place. It's not just going into WWE or damaging WWE per se. It's also gone and it's also affected uh, AEW. So some of the wrestlers that have been either put on furlough or released, AEW made a statement that said that, that Jimmy Havoc has entered mental health and drug addiction counseling, that he's going to basically dry out, sober up. They weren't clear as if they were going to pay for it or process it for him, but they still are going to let him go. I don't know if they outright let him go, if anything changed since AEW tweeted this out, or if furlough means something different. But from what I gathered, 
He was placed on furlough. He's been kind of released to go and promise to do this drug rehab and this therapy. So Jimmy Havoc's not going to be any uh, AEW in the foreseeable future. And the WWE just straight up released Jack Gallagher. Now, again, why would they keep Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream and release Jack Gallagher? I truly think everything is kind of a case-by-case basis. That there must have been something that they knew that maybe Jack Gallagher, again, didn't tell them or didn't give them a heads up as to, hey, this this is happening or I heard this. And that's kind of the policy with WWE. If you don't tell Hunter or Canyon Seaman or Mark Serrano or or Vince or anybody about any of these accusations that are coming up, then they'll let you go. They did it with Rich Swan and Rich Swan and his wife got back together almost immediately after that. The really terrible chest tattoo of a ship on it for no reason. And I really hope that... Uh, Jack Gallagher works out whatever he needs to work out. I don't know how the UK system goes as far as accusing someone of something like that. I know that, again, we do live in a country where you're innocent until proven guilty. But these 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 texts and these tweets are just way too much. They're coming way, way, way too much. And This is what I found out, though, by doing a little bit of the research on why it seems like there's so many young females who are being part of this. Because if you're going to be cynical and kind of be a jerk, one of the questions that comes up is why are these females so young or why why are these young females even talking to these these wrestlers who are you know twice their age? Uh, Apparently in the UK and the UK is struggling with this from what I've been reading is the the child labor laws and the legal age laws is 16 in the United Kingdom, two years younger than in the United States. So what happens is, is that when these teenagers get old enough, when they get close to legal age, they start to choose, obviously, what occupations they want to do or what, you know, if they want to continue with the schooling or not. From what I know about English education, you pretty much know what school you're going to in what our equivalent, their equivalent of like seventh, eighth grade is. So if you want to be a teacher, you're going to end up going to the school. If you want to be a sanitation engineer, you're going to go to the school. You're going to do this. You can also get a mentor, especially one in the field where you're working in. And you can get a mentor as young as 15 in the UK. And you're supposed to work with this mentor uh, in your field until you either A, don't want to do it anymore or, or be, you know, you're old enough, you're quote unquote an adult in the United Kingdom and you can take care of your own affairs. Well, sorry, pardon the pun, but with professional wrestling, it's no different. And apparently in the UK, there's a huge scandal with having mentors, especially when you have like a coach. There's reports of female swimmers who've gotten uh, assaulted by their male coaches in the UK. Uh, there's been reports of other uh, coaches and teachers, advocates, mentors who have used their positions of power to find the loophole in having a relationship with these minors, essentially, in order to promise them things like 
gold medal training or you can be part of this program, the science program. You can do this, you can do that. And I guess this is something that's they're trying to reform in UK right now. And this is the very reason why they are, because these wrestlers, they take on these 15, 16 year old kids who want to be in the wrestling business and they're legally old enough to do so. And as far as the UK goes, like in the United States, obviously it's a different issue, but in the United United Kingdom and many other European and uh, many other international countries, like this is kind of the norm where you would start working at a young age the reason why many of these young wrestlers find themselves training at 15, you hear it all the time on NXT, Tom Phillips will come out and say, oh, this wrestler's been training since they were 18, 15, 16, 19. This is why they get to do it, because of the laws say they can. So they do, and they get involved in these relationships that are supposed to be supportive. They're supposed to be mentor versus mentee, and they end up, being worse than that. So hopefully the the United Kingdom can reform some of these laws and, and make it more uh, acceptable to even change the legality law to 18. I don't know what it is. Again, I'm not trying to supersede a very serious issue about sexual assault. And I'm not sure that even raising the age to 18 would still get rid of the stain of sexual assault in in the pro wrestling but i don't know maybe some reforms need to happen because reforms are happening i don't know if you're aware but around the world not just here in the united states where they need them around the world with black lives matter and all this that's going on in the world right now and the me too movement and the speaking out movement that things are changing and they're changing for the better Regardless of what you might think or regardless, you're innocent until proven guilty, at least in this country. That is true. And you do have your day in court, which is true. But the sheer amount of these screen texts and these things that have been saved and these screenshots that have, are coming up, you know, they're really undeniable and they are also admissible in court. So this is a problem that's plaguing pro wrestling as a whole even though it started in the UK, started in Britain. Uh, It's got far-reaching ramifications outside of Britain. Two-thirds of the NXT locker room has been accused of doing something, whether pandering, sexual assault, sexual violence, rape, gray rape, whatever you call it. And that's a problem. Honestly, most of those guys should face some type of prosecution for it. And the girls, too. You know, when you see names like... Tessa Blanchard and Bea Priestley, who's on the name too. Uh, This is one of those good old boy, archaic things about the biz that have to be eradicated. It's no question, no question. And we're, we've taken strides as a society, as a culture, as a community to get rid of a lot of these things. And, uh, you know, I guess I know I'm wearing a shirt that has Ric Flair on it. So I get the irony. I know exactly what I'm talking about. And I also am referencing the WWE here. And we all know Vince McMahon's escapades, the plane ride from hell. We all know the bad, terrible stories about Vince McMahon uh, sleeping around on Linda while he was out promoting WrestleManias and doing his thing on the road. So I'm not in any way saying that 
WWE is corporate, it's cleaned up or anything. Actually, quite the opposite. But I will say this, those of you who were criticizing Vince McMahon about trying to make professional wrestlers a little more professional, like put the professional side on wrestling, you know, uh, complaining about showing up, being early instead of on time, because if you're on time, you're late, dressing up basically a little more than just sweats rolling out of bed. And a lot of the culture is also being changed by the wrestlers themselves, you know. Uh, just even Triple H mentioned about five years ago in an interview, you know, it'd be in the old days, guys would get drunk, play cards and drive home drunk from the arena. And nowadays, these guys, when they get together, they bring their uh, PlayStations, their Xboxes, and they just sit and play video games or ping pong in the back. Uh, the whole culture is changing and is changing for the better. In order for pro wrestling to get better, it's got to change in two ways. It's got to change from the top down about what WWE will or won't tolerate. And they've done an okay job. They haven't done the greatest job, trust me, but they've done an okay job of telling people what they're going to tolerate, what they're not going to tolerate. But it also starts, too, from the wrestlers coming up, that what are the wrestlers going to tolerate? You know, are we going to tolerate? Uh, we stopped tolerating racism uh, as a whole for a very long time. And now all you see are random uh, indie promoters that get accused of being racist. So sexist, kind of the same thing. We've come a long way from female wrestlers just being the attraction or the eye candy to actually being serious wrestlers. And now we have promotions that are just dedicated to women's wrestling and that's it. So that's kind of positive. And the wrestlers themselves have to move the way, move it away too and one of the things uh that needs to be moved is this kind of uh understood covering for the boys with all these sexual allegations and, and all of these uh these assaults and, and what have you uh it just makes the world environment especially the environment disgusting i mean reading heartbreaking story after heartbreaking story of of women in the business who've been sexually assaulted Kelly Klein wasn't in the business for a long. She was 18 or so, and she was raped by a veteran that she's not going to name now. But when it's more appropriate, she said she will. She said, when the time is right, it'll happen. We all know about how uh, Taylor Hendricks was magically absent from Ring of Honor after she accused Jay Lethal of giving her a push, telling her she would never get any wear in the business if she didn't sleep with him, poisoning her to the higher-ups at Ring of Honor. The fact that it doesn't happen, it still does, and it's disgusting, and it needs to go. And it starts from everywhere. It starts top-down and bottom-up. It's systemic, and it needs it needs to be gone. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know. I mean, well, I do know what the solution is. And you can't just say, just wave your finger and say, just don't do it anymore. Just stop doing what you're doing. A little more involved than that. You have to actually be invested in it. Uh, you have to get rid of some of the people who um, are perpetuating it. You might have to cull a lot of the bad uh, just to get rid of the good. You might have to cut the tree back in order to let it grow a little bit. So need to take charge of your own promotion, of your own business, and say that this won't be tolerated. And I know I've gone after social justice warriors quite a bit on this show. I have no love loss for neckbeards and soy boys and any of that nature. But what I do know is right is right. 
and calling people out for their terrible behavior, especially if you have proof. If you're just throwing around an accusation, I can see that. I know why a lot of people are worried that some women are just jumping on this bandwagon and how some people could perceive that some people are just taking advantage of this. But let's be very clear. Anytime you report it and confront it, I'd rather be safe than sorry. I would rather hear someone's story than, than have it go sweep under the rug again. And yes, I do believe that women shouldn't just randomly, or men shouldn't just randomly accuse people of something very serious and career damaging and soul exhausting as sexual assault. But the whole point of this is women are so afraid to report sexual assault because they're afraid that they'll lose their jobs or they'll lose their push or they will be seen in a negative light or people will stereotypically not believe them. So it's better to be safe than sorry. Also, if you feel like you personally have been affected in any way, and I know I'm talking to mostly fans, but if there are promoters out there listening or if there are young wrestlers out there and they have a story to tell, go directly to the promoter. Already, I've, I've seen two promoters, two independent wrestling promoters that have come out and said that if there's anybody conducting themselves in their promotion while you're there like that, you're immediately to go to them. So promoters, it's on you also to make your work environment a safe work environment for all your workers, whether it's Jojo the ring boy, all the way up to you and everybody in between. It's got to be a safe working environment. We need to get rid of some of this old archaic stuff. I know that the uh, head promoter for unsanctioned pros cut some ties with some wrestlers that are being accused. And he on his Twitter has said that if it happens in his promotion, you're to directly deal with him again, going back to uh, Billy Alexander, same thing. He's told people he is an open door to go to him and address these issues immediately if anyone in his company or anyone, any wrestler that he knows of doesn't even have to be in his company. Anybody, any wrestler he knows of this is, uh, that you've been assaulted by to go directly to him. I'm saying the same thing. You know, I'm just a fan. I don't have any skin in the game. I don't know anybody. I'm not in the biz or whatever, but I'm telling you right now, if you find anything like this similar, uh, go immediately tell something, immediately say something. It's not, it's not right. It's not appropriate. It is inhumane and it just belittles people and people need to be confronted because I'll assure you from a personal experience, and this is kind of where I'm going to end it from personal experience. This is something that you do need to call people's attention to. I will say that I'm not ashamed to say it. And if, again, if someone uses this clip against me, this was years ago. Uh, I'm not, and I've been living with this for a while. And I'm not proud. But I only said this to a few people, but Back in college, I did get a little crazy, a little blackout drunk, and I basically became the party groper. And I didn't know wh what I was doing, mostly because, again, I was so drunk, I don't remember a lot of it. And right now, it's really hard for me to even bring it up. But the fact is, is that I made multiple women to feel uncomfortable to be around me for a while. 
and it harbored in someone's heart long enough for them to wait three years to where I was in the computer lab in college typing a paper and I was sitting right next to my girlfriend who's now my wife and this woman basically went off on me in the library computer lab asking me if I remembered her at all and all this thing and and then she went ahead and just basically told me what I did and although it was all those years ago and you know even in college it was like four years ago I was a freshman I was a freshman at a party too drunk to even remember what was going on and then I got the hint very subtly not only from certain uh certain women who were in college at the time but also this woman who confronted me in the computer lab and I have not been able to live it down one because I'm not that kind of a person I'm not that guy and I know that alcohol does dumb things to you and I'm not making any excuses but again maybe there was something deep down that I still haven't wrestled with maybe that I was too starved for attention and didn't know how to do it. Of course, you know, I'm socially awkward in some certain instances. Um, I didn't exactly have a girlfriend at the time. Maybe I let that frustration um, seep out and used alcohol as kind of an excuse or party as kind of excuse. And then it happened. So I know that your actions, especially if you just play it off as, oh, it's just you're drunk or it's just just what old boys do. I mean, I was inebriated. Imagine what these wrestlers are doing when they're not like when they're stone cold sober. So I regret the fact that I did that years ago in college. I still have lingering feelings about that because again, I'm not that type of person, but I did it and I'm still trying to forgive myself to this day about it. And I'm still holding on to it a little bit. And uh, it's just something that I'm not proud of. So I understand why there is a necessity for women to speak out when they've been when they've been assaulted. Just to flip it real quick on the other side. But about four years ago, part of the reason why I was uh, I was let go at a job was because my boss made up stories about me. No, they weren't sexual in nature. They were things that she felt like I was doing at work and we proved the union helped me prove that those things weren't true. So I've been on both ends of the spectrum. I've been the guy who did something inappropriate, did something that uh, was uh, highly damaging to other human beings. And then I've also been the victim of someone who's come after me on false accusations in order to ruin my career. So closing, I just want to say this is a crime. It is a shame that is happening in the world of professional wrestling and more people need to stand up. And if wrestlers have to come to Jesus with themselves and realize that they were in a toxic relationship that they caused, if they were the ones who were being sexual predators, if they were the ones who were being inappropriate, then that's on them and they need to pay for their mistakes. And not just mistakes like assault. We're talking very serious allegations here. On the flip side, too, I am hoping and praying that many of these allegations are true in the sense that 
some people are just not using this time to jump on a bandwagon when they actually have true legitimate reasons to go after people. Because again, you can ruin someone's career by leveling these accusations at people. And I really, really want the guilty to be punished and the innocent to be exonerated. It just looks like right now, unfortunately, that probably 90% of all these people that are being, all these wrestlers that are being accused of the sexual assault are guilty of it. And it's a shame and we need to speak out too. We as fans need to speak out. We need to hold these guys accountable. There's been a lot of hero worship lately going on in the world, whether it's police forces or statues being torn down or professional wrestlers who are some are defending. Some fans are defending some of these wrestlers 100 percent. And I know better. I know enough not to do enough hero worship to totally defend some of these these wrestlers. And they deserve whatever's coming to them, if they truly deserve the truth coming out, that they do deserve what's coming to them. So uh, I'm praying for the victims. I'm praying for this industry to grow and move on and be better and move forward. I'm praying for those who are victimized, that they can find some type of peace, that they don't lose their love. Some of them have quit professional wrestling because of this. Some of them have gone to very intense therapy. Some of them have become addicted to drugs and other things because of because of all this trauma. Some of them have PTSD. I pray for healing for uh, the victims of these sexual assaults. I pray that the business gets better. I pray that these wrestlers who are accused honestly get some type of help Unfortunately, some of that help is going to become court mandated or court appointed, or if you know what I mean, they're going to be guests of the state. Uh, I don't wish anybody get arrested ever, but the men who and women who have sexually assaulted wrestlers, fans and each other in the wrestling business, I hope they get the justice that they deserve. It's a very sad and disgusting episode today to talk about pro wrestling. But it was necessary. It's, it's just it's just heartbreaking that that people that I love to watch who entertain me. I love following the business from the ground up, seeing all these young people. And, and I was really encouraged to see women's professional wrestling as a whole get better. And the only way they could do that is have more females. But if this is the state of them, if this is what's going to happen when they start training, this is what's going to happen when they get together with seasoned independent veterans, especially males. I would be sad for what's going to happen to the world of professional wrestling. Fans, we got to continue to call these wrestlers out as we see them. Promoters, you got to draw the line. I know many of you are, and that's admirable. You got to draw the line as to who you're going to work with and who you're not going to work with. And wrestlers, you got to be better. Okay. No more of this good old boy network archaic bull crap. No more of this grabbing ass in the locker room. Uh, this stuff is not acceptable. Are you supposed to be WWE in the locker room? Are you supposed to show up in a suit and tie every day? No. But hold yourselves to higher standards because if you love the wrestling business so much, if you love it as much as I do as a fan, then you need to to speak out against racism, sexism, sexual assault, uh, discrimination for gender, discrimination for sexual orientation. You need to make your environment better 
So the whole wrestling business can be better. That's all I got to say about that. Again, if you want to get a hold of us here at the network at Heel Turn Wrestling, you just follow us on all of our social media at HT Wrestling 316. HT Wrestling 316 is where we are on Facebook and on Twitter. You can also listen along and watch along to all of our other awesome podcasts. So uh, check us all out, all of our social medias, all the different cool shows that come up, not just mine. Uh, everybody's and uh, you're going to get all the news in the world of professional wrestling this is steve castlenova host of the heel and face podcast peace